What's going on, my friends? Welcome to episode 43 of the Get and Game On podcast, bringing you the hot stakes, glazed stories, and spicy picks on New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, national, and international sports. Hosted by your Shuli Agrasani, joined this summer by Megan Cunningham, Alex Reach, and Chris Keir. You can listen to the podcast right now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetAGameOnP. With all that said, it's time to get a game on. Yo, Yo. guys. Yo, we back, baby. We back in the building. Yo. The connection's back, boys. Yo, guys, I found something interesting today. Our good friend Alex here is doing the show from the library. Where me and Alex went to college at, to all your viewers, that's the same college that myself and Alex grad, both graduated. Twenty, I was class of 2019, he was class of 2020. Alex is going for his fifth year. Clap it up for us, folks, so for Alex going to fifth year, keeping his education. And get your game on, fans, we do education in sports. So all you viewers listening to, listen to us. You take our education seriously. That's how take Adam got to the seriously. top. That's how Chris got to the top. That's how I got to the top. And that's how I got to the top. Education, sports. Stu- Keywords, student athletes. Back to you. All right. Back to you, Boogie. Alex, you have anything to say? I I appreciate appreciate that, Big Mike, and I'm I'm always motivated by you to uh, to go more than 100% in the classroom and and it's only going to be better from here on. Ladies and gentlemen, this picture of five years ago, I, I took a, a kid, a little freshman under my wing, grounded him and made him. Now he's, now he's the big man on campus. So this was my, this is like my best creation. He like had it all son. in himself. He had all in himself. Anyway, uh, before we dive into, we got a bunch of stuff to get into. Alex, you said you had something you wanted to share something with our viewers. So, if you want, you got some big news you wanted to share to our viewers. So, Alex, go ahead. Okay, so uh, around I guess eight or nine p.m. tonight, I went to Twitter and I DM'd a guy that writes for a Flyers website, which is a website that I wrote before. And I asked him if I could have the opportunity to sit in a Zoom press conference at training camp uh, on Saturday. And he said, yes, you can. And I'm going to be right there with the players and reporters and just being uh, on mute the whole time and just uh, just hearing what they have to say. And I was told that I can't ask questions this time around, but I'll be on mute the whole time. So I'll be able to hear some inside scoops on how training camp is going. Yo. Major respect, awesome. brother. Let's stuff. go. You going to the top, baby. You going to the top, Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was at um 
that as part of like a school project. I was at um a Dell's press conference once. That's awesome. I don't know who the better reporter is, Alex or Adam. But y'all going head to head, boys. <laughs> the double A sports writers. The double A sports, sports beat guys. Chris, so you got your money on Alex or Adam? Who you got your money on? Oh no. It's a tough one. Do they both That's a tough them? one. I don't know who to go for. They both been We're both killing it. Two of my two of my very best friends are going at it. I love it. Maybe me I, and Mike gotta get into that game. Yeah, me and Chris. Yo, Chris, man, that's where the buddies at, Chris. I mean, you got um, Chris, I got terrible handwriting, man. I swear, man. I can't write for crap. So I did a lot of stuff with that a couple years ago, but me and Chris, yo, know, that's where me and Chris are going, Adam. Me and Chris go in to the to get your game on business. <laughs> We're coming in. <laughs> no. All right, all seriousness. All, all right, right. we'll be on the show. All right. Um I originally was do you guys want um, I originally was gonna start um you guys want to start with football or you want to start with baseball? We got I, we got I, 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 start I, with baseball. The, yeah, we'll start with baseball. Um, because we baseball season is ending and we got football for yeah, like the rest of the, the season. We'll start off with baseball. I mean you got Chris, you missed last episode. I don't know if I don't know if I had time to listen, but last episode I went on a pretty much it turned out to be actually like 24 minutes. At the time, that was 25 minutes. I went on 24 minutes, pretty much uninterrupted, ranting about the New York Yankees. I went and I, in. And I went in. I, I, I really, I, 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 I was, I, I was, I was, I was like killing them from top to bottom. I feel like I have a right to. They lost two games to it blow up as to a team that them they should be, and they were looking very bad. They were losing games that they should have won them. The offense looked bad, and and at, t- at the time, it wasn't looking good for the Yankees. And I said, I said at the time, that in order to keep their playoff hopes alive, they needed to sweep the Rangers. It couldn't, it couldn't have just been like a situation where they took two out of three. They needed to sweep the Rangers, and you know, and you know what? They did just that. And and I, and I gotta give the credit; they did what I asked them to do. They they went out there and they swept the team that they should beat the Rangers. Are one of the worst teams in the American League. The Yankees are supposed to be a playoff team this year, at the very least. That was the expectation for them to be at the very least a playoff team. In fact, the expectation like coming to year was them to win the American League. That's neither here nor there. But this is a t- they, you know, they should have that they should have beat to. This is a team that they should be. And you know what? They did just that. But guys, I want to um focus on um. Game last um last Wednesday because that was a game where it just seemed like where it was looking like um one of those games for the Yankees where they just because the Yankees have had a problem with sweeping series all year long and it looks like it was looking like this was gonna be the the same thing like they were down three to two they had the bases loaded with one out and what happens the only run they managed to get is on a wild pitch so. It, it granted that wild pitch ended up eyeing the game, but in the, in that moment, as the Yankees said, you're not feeling optimistic. You're feeling, oh, this is the same old, same old, same old, old. And then in the bottom of the eighth, and then you know everything, everything like, and then and then came the bottom of the eighth inning. Joey Gallo, you know, gets a, 
Then suddenly we all see Joey Gallo do out there. He gets a blue pit and he legs out for a double. I, I like seeing that from Joey Gallo because Joey that's proof that Joey Gallo doesn't necessarily have to hit home runs in order to or draw walks or retrieve offense. He's the type of guy that that can and should be able to get those type of hits that can get the offense going. And then, then guys, a guy who you know I'm a, I'm a fan of, but I've also been very critical of, and a lot of the other Yankee fans critical of. Arguably, in my opinion, saved the season. Got hit them, in my opinion, arguably saved the season. Larry Torres goes opposite field. I, I, on the very first pitch, lines went up, lines went up the field for, for a one-run double, gives the ACC because, and that is like, um when that, when I saw it, I was like, just so, I, I was just like, I was just thrilled. And then Glaber actually scored on like, I don't know if you guys saw this play, that Gio, I believe was at the very next event. Gio Rochelle hit like a soft grounder that um the second baseman booted and Glaber actually scored from second base on that nah, excellent base play. It was a, it was a close play, it could have gone either way, but the replay showed that he did barely get his foot in that, his hand in it at a tag. So, I mean, and then obviously Gary Sanchez, you know, got the two run home run and the Yankees ultimately ended up winning. Ultimately ended up winning again. That's a huge win for this team to um. Because with that win, guys, the um, Yankees are now. Let me check the standings. Because I remember Toronto played. I remember Toronto played today. Granted, they were playing the Twins, but no, Toronto actually lost against the Twins. So right now, the Yankees are currently in the second wild card and are one game ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's a huge. That was a huge win. For, that was like just a huge. Huge win for for this team. And I got more to say, but I'm gonna open the floor here. Chris, Alex, Michael, you got anything to say? Honestly, I got I got I got a rap. I don't Go know ahead. if the got a rap, but Go ahead. Uh I believe if the Yankees could get here's the thing. The Yankees are like J.R. Smith's jump shot. It's hot or cold, it's streaky. That's how I believe how the Yankees have been playing like this year. It's like J.R. Smith's jump shot. It's streaky. It goes hot or cold. J.R. Smith, we ain't throwing shade at you. I'm just saying how the Yankees are playing. Like the Yankees are probably gonna be next playing shirts off and having Hennessy in a nightclub and passing out, drinking Henny and playing shirtless. That's how bad they're playing like J.R. Smith. Honestly, for an organization that has over 27 world championships, the same age as Michael Cunningham, I believe that the Yankees can get together at him. Do I think they could believe win a wild card game at home at Yankee Stadium, which they've been in the last five seasons? I think they only lost one wild card game at home. That Correct. They played. Correct. They lost one wild they, card game. They played three wild card games. On they, they won two out of three against, and they've lost to Houston. Now, as of right now, they have the second wild card. So, as of right now, the season ends today, they would be going to um Fenway Park. So, they would be on the road in the wild card game. There'll be which, every which, wild card game which you want to have that game at Yankee Stadium. I do. Right, so if they if they could beat Boston, I have no problem with them beating Boston. They could probably do it. But however, DJ LeMayu, who I think if he could put his could stop playing like crap, is probably the best American is the best player in the American League, in my opinion. Best player in the American League. I don't, that's a stretch. 
if he's playing before before the season. If 2019 and 2020, I'll maybe I'll. I mean, I mean, Mike Trout obviously is a slam dunk. Way yeah, Mike Trout is just God. I mean, if Come we on. talk about if we talk about um in 2019, 2020, yeah, yeah, it was one of the better players in the American League, but and Michael, that brings up a great point. I wanted to um hear this. Just you're sure about how streaky um this Yankee season is, and and I want to ask all three of you guys because let, let, let's just go back. Uh, let's try and travel all the way back. I don't know. Six months ago, when we first started up this podcast, six months ago, like we were talking when we previewed the Yankee season, we were asking what were some of their concerns. Their concerns were durability, can they stay healthy, and um, pitching. Those are their two concerns, guys. Let, let, let me let me let me put this in perspective. What if I told you back in March that Aaron Judge was going to um pretty much stay healthy all year and have an MVP caliber season that Joe Carl Stan was going to stay healthy and hit 30 plus home runs that Gerko was going to have, you know, a Cy Young caliber season that, and that the pitcher would hold up. What if I told you all three of those things are going to happen? You'd assume the Yankees are going to win hundred plus games. Yeah. No question. Am I not wrong? Nah, dog, you ain't wrong. Yeah. And, th- and then I tell you that, Instead, they're um, instead they're barely fighting for a wild card spot. It just shows how crazy and, in some cases, disappointing the season is. Right now, with that same same time, I am happy to see that they um took care of business and swept up swept up the Rangers. And I wanted to bring this this point up is that it feels obviously Gleyber Torres has been like someone who. I have been like very critical of you. Don't, so far, I love of the kid. He's, I said before he he was my favorite Yankee, but the guy just like compl- I, I don't know if you guys saw this, Chris, Alex. I don't know if you, Mike. I don't know if you saw me tweet this out. What's that up, if, baby? If DJ Lemayu and Glaber Torres were anywhere close to what they were in 2019, this team right now would be in contention for the division. They would be at the very least right now in contention for the division. So that both of their aggressions have really, you know, really hurt hurt this have really hurt this team and hurt this team. But but getting back to Glaber, that hit like he got there, I just got like really just applaud him for that. Cause that I said for or that hit, you could make the argument probably save Yankee season. Cause if he doesn't get that hit, they if, if, like um if he doesn't come up big there. They go into um, the ninth inning, you know, um, tie three three and with the and with um the one so maybe maybe they still find a way to win that game, but you just don't feel good. So for him to get that big of a hit, and hopefully this is the hopefully this helps get his power stroke going. Oh, like I, I'm I'm just like r- really happy for Glaber, and I I did actually bring up I got a credit um. A guy on Twitter, he's he's a really great content creator, Dan Rourke. He um, he's a channel owner of Yankees at Avenue on YouTube. He's an editor for John Boy Media. He uh, so and I really enjoy his content. So he tweeted this out, and I I find it very interesting. Guys, you know what Glaber's stats in the second half of the season are. What in the second half of the season? He's played 41 games in the second half, 
he's saying 290, 342 on base, 441 slugging, 783 OPS. That's actually not bad. That's yeah. actually that's actually yo know, um pretty solid actually. That's that's pretty solid. Now it's nowhere near now it's nowhere close to um hit, but, yeah. to, to what he was in 2019, but so but, but still I mean if he can like if he can continue producing at that level, like that's gonna be a big boost for this for this for the team. You ain't wrong, brother. You ain't like wrong. if he could just get some of the if he could if Blaver could at least get some of the power back that he had in those years, if he could just be you know if he could just you know, I don't know, hit two be put up those numbers, hang two ninety and just hit like um tw- I don't know, twenty it could just be a twenty thirty home run year guy. That's a major, major force to this Yankee sign up. And also uh, I got I got um credit another guy and I um and that is Gary Sanchez. You guys know I've haven't been the biggest Gary Sanchez fan. I've been very critical for him at times. That was a big two run home run to um to us to really like uh, put the game away. And I and guys, Gary Sanchez is the type of guy like you heard me last, last episode. I still stand by us that um no, I do not want the Yankees to trade him. No, I do not want the Yankees to cut him. But come free agency, like after next season, would I pay him? You know, um, like would I give him? I don't know. $15 million a year or some kind of like big long-term contract. No, I wouldn't. I think, I think that would be a mistake on the part. but it's like that. The power that Gary Sanchez shows like, and the, the and like the fact they, the fact they just can continually see run into these type of balls, like the, that type of stuff is what keeps you from really give, keeps the Yankees and my, and most Yankees fans from really giving up on him completely because Yes, he's very frustrating at the play at times. Yes, he's very frustrating, like defensively. But, but again, again, he just keeps on. You know, um, he's the type of player that when he's performing bad, you can't. We really want to get rid of him. But when he's performing great, like it, like it's stuff like that that makes you from, keep you keeps you from giving up on him completely. Like he's a very frustrating player, and I've kept that stance for years. But yeah, they just had a day off today, and guys, this as far as the upcoming games, this is it. I don't think there's any other way to say this is it. They have three games against the Red Sox and three games against the Blue Jays on the road. This road trip, this is it. This is gonna decide the season. I think it's safe to say if if they um like um like um lay an egg in this season, then that's it. They're they're not gonna make the playoffs. If they can find a way to win, I don't know. Four games, like they take two out of three from Boston, then they take two out of three from Toronto. I think you have to feel really good about the chance about the chances to make the playoffs. This upcoming, this upcoming uh, week is going to ultimately decide is ultimately going to decide the season. I feel. Chris, I don't know if you agree. No, I I definitely agree. Especially like playoffs are right around the corner. Getting a chance to play other teams who are right in the mix with you this late in the season is something that's very helpful, but it can also be the other side of that and kind of ruin the season too if you lose all these games against another team fighting for a position. So like right now you talked about the Yankees have had their struggles, but at the end of the day, they have the lead right now for that second wild card spot. So they just they just got to come out and play and they got to find a way to win these games these next 
couple series, like you mentioned, if they just went get a couple games, both series, and that'll put them in a really good spot heading into the rest of the season. Yeah. And then, like, as I mentioned, like, they finish out the season at home against the Rays, and that's also going to be an interesting season because so, the Rays – Sorry, are those the last three series? Or they're or four? Their last three games are against the Rays at home. And it's, so it's Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, and it? Yep. That, that's, a tough, that's a tough little gauntlet. I don't know. Have you – how are the other teams looking? Who do the Blue Jays end with? You I know? I'll have to try, check. I, I'll take a peek real quick. Uh, okay, thank that's, you. That's definitely but, but Yeah, that, that, that series – They um, end with Baltimore at home. So that's – not super encouraging. So yeah. you need need but to be so, up going into that that final series against the Warriors. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I feel, like I feel if like, you can win two against Boston and Toronto, that gives you a spot to do that. Yeah. Be comfortable either way, but yeah. I feel I feel like if you take two out of three against both Boston and Toronto, and if you just don't get swept by Tampa Bay, yeah. I feel like you're in pretty. You, that should be enough. That that sh- that should be enough. Uh, but there's the thing like going to Tampa Bay. That's not gonna be a. The Tampa Bay Rays are not going to just roll over and die in that yeah. series. Do you yeah. know, because you guys know that the Tampa Bay Rays, the Yankees, that's like they don't like that's, each other. Oh the Rays God. are going to be motivated to, you know, really stick to the Yankees yeah. that season. Blue Jays got to get a couple wins. This they, they need to find a way to get two out of three the rest of the series against Minnesota, I think, though. I, I think they got to they gotta get a couple of these. So they lost. So they've lost three of the last four, I see now. So they lost game one. But yeah, they got they got to find a couple ways. And S- Seattle's still a couple games back, I believe. Yeah, they're. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, Seattle's two back. I mean, okay. they have a, yeah, Oakland is. Um, Oakland's a couple. Of, by the way, what's happened to Oakland? I don't know. I was, they were right in the middle of it. They have. They just got four games swept by Seattle. That'll that'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it because I think they kind of how are they? How many games back of the Yankees are they? They were pretty much are they like four or five back? So they they would have been riding that mix. Yeah, yeah, they're four they're, back. They're, so. they're four back. Yeah, they're riding that mix. So, yeah, I mean, Seattle, Seattle, could they would Seattle potentially be a sleeper? I mean, yes, but. I feel like it's between it's good it's mostly between Boston, New York, and Toronto. I feel like I that's gonna be the race. I agree, but if Oakland's slide continues, like the the Mariners have three against LA, three against Oakland, and three against the LA again, the Angels both times. Yeah. But I mean, we'll just we'll see how the next this we'll see how this weekend goes, especially. Yeah. Big 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 series on the road for the Mariners and the Blue Jays. And then are the Yankees home or on the road against the Red Sox? Uh, they're, they're, they're on the road against both Boston and uh, Toronto. And, Toronto. and, and they're at home against uh, Tampa. That would be helpful. But, yeah, all these contenders got tough series on the road. The Yankees have two of them. So it's going to be very interesting. And, yeah, we, it's going to be fun seeing all these playoff, playoff battles go down to the end. Um, Alex, go ahead. Uh, one of the series to keep an eye out is out west, Astros against Oakland this weekend. 
I mean, um, that's. I think Houston might put Oakland away for good. Yeah, I think I think I agree. But definitely, I mean, yeah, that's. I just don't. That's tough for Oakland games. What well, by Seattle? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be tough for them to get up for that one. I mean, credit to Houston, by the way. I mean, I don't like them, but none of us on this podcast like. I think it's say none of us on the podcast like uh, these shows. For them to, um, but still, for them to lose Verlander and lo- lose Verlander for the entire season, like, and then they lose um, George Springer free agency, and for them yeah. to still, you know, um, be like one of the better teams in the American League, like that's impressive. That's still impressive. Team is Springer on, by the way. He's on Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. I, just, on, yeah, I want it on record that Chris does not get the same credit to the Astros. <laughs> I will never get to all the viewers out there. Chris, it just proves that um that the Astros never needed to cheat. But they were what? that good. The Astros to begin are with. fucking assholes and cheaters. They're a disgrace to baseball. But, they should but they're still good. You tell me Jose Altuve, for as much as I hate him, isn't good at baseball. Call us for He'll miss field the ground ball in this season again. And all. all right. I'm, Adam, you know what time it is, brother. All right. Before we get to Mike's hot take, um, we got, we got, um, I got, um, talk to my good friend. Alexander reach here for a second. Oh God. Alex, <laughs> what happened to your Phillies against the Orioles? You only managed to take two out of three. Oyers? Orioles? No, no, the Phillies. The Phillies. You said Oyers. What? The Orioles. Oh, damn. I misheard you. Okay, sorry. But Alex, if you want to talk about your Phillies, I believe they're um still two games back in the division. Definitely big win tonight. Against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Uh, and let me tell you this to start out. It, I'll tell you that Aaron Nola was atrocious for the first two or three games. I mean, innings. But um, excuse my language. Yeah. Their shit got together starting in the fifth inning where they went on for a run, uh, which was the end of the Pirates' uh, night, uh, scoring-wise. Ronald Torres had a big night uh, coming up clutch uh, with the game, go-ahead game. uh, how, How am I supposed to say this? Go ahead, game leading home run, which uh, put up the Phillies up 6 5. Um, and uh, I won't forget telling you guys that they were down 6 nothing at some point. And early in the game, around the second or third inning, it was pulling buckets for a good hour or so. So Aaron Noda had to pitch during that hour and it was pretty uh, pretty bad. And then once the fifth inning started, 
uh, everyone seemed to be going at it better. And the hitting was terrific from the fifth inning on. And shout, shout out to Jay Tillamito and Ronald Torres for having big, big performances tonight. And uh, as they won tonight, uh, they are now on a three-game winning streak going into tomorrow uh, against Pittsburgh. And it's going to be a big... You have three wild. more games against Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, a- but I told you, Alex, that first game against the against the O's, that's a, that's a really bad loss. They lost, I believe they got yeah. shot out in that game. The pitching was atrocious in that game. Uh, no, and the heading. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. both. Both was. I mean, I mean it was bad. two nothing pitching like uh the pitching like uh I feel like this yeah but your lamp can't go silent like that and the, and they kind of got lucky in the same game too with with J C Ramito like coming up clutch like that. And uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Ronald Torres, his go ahead drive which was a pinch hit 3-1 home run in the sixth inning, was the first pinch hit homer of his career, which wow. was pretty Shout awesome. out to Ron former Yankee, by the way. And, and uh, also, I believe, you guys call a lucky break today. The Atlanta lost to uh, Arizona, so you get a free game, extra game in the standings. Thank you. For a good win, Arizona. Yeah, but yeah, I said before. You heard me. You heard me. Like on our previous episode, saying this, Alex. In these four, in these seven games, I said before, Phillies need to go six and one. Yeah. So they they Phillies pretty much in my opinion pretty much have to win these next three games against um Pittsburgh if you guys really want like a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. Uh... Because, because I believe I believe now Atlanta starts their three game series with San Diego. Yeah, they do. So I you uh, hope that um, they drop at least one of those series. So all you have to do is just win these three next three games against Pittsburgh, and then you mm-hmm. head to that series um, against um, the Braves, like with like one game back, and then um, that series is in Atlanta. Then you then you then you said that had to Atlanta like with. One game back end. If you match take two out of three, you head into the final three games, like where it's where the division is, is up for grabs. And then uh, to cap off the regular season, they play at Miami. Yeah, so that so those are that's the game. That's a series. Um, both of those series. Out the rest of um the the season, the, I think both the Yankees and Phillies um. Are in similar situations where there's not really much room for error, if at all. If they want to, make, if each teams want to make the playoffs, I feel like in these next couple of games, um, the Phillies like can't afford like one or two losses. They mm-hmm. they pretty much, they pretty much have to go at minimum like how many games they have left. They have nine games left. They they have to go seven and two, in my opinion. And who does Atlanta play in their um, final um, three games? They play. They play the Mets. 
So I mean, you you could you could see the Mets taking a game in that series. I mean, it is at Atlanta, but you could still see the Mets, you know, taking a game. Uh, yeah, I think that the Mets are in trouble this weekend against Milwaukee. Oh, the Mets are done. Yeah. <laughs> Mets are done. We're not, no point in talking about the Mets anymore. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, they are. We apologize to Marcellus and all the other Mets fans out there. But yeah, but but yeah, nationally, but nationally, I mean, because of you watching this, I was totally against this. I was between Adam, Alex, and Chris. I was all there for your fight. No, you won't. He's lying. Yeah. Okay, but guys, but but yeah, pretty much the nationally, because that's pretty much the only real race that's interesting. I mean, everything else is pretty much locked up. I mean. Milwaukee's locked with the Central. Uh, San Francisco um, has, I mean, the NL West is pretty much decided with San Francisco and the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers have pretty much landed up. I mean, San, either San Francisco or LA is going to win the division, and whoever's not going to win the division is going to win um, the wild card. So. I got a question for you, Adam. Yeah. What? T- what? Baseball conference is the hardest division to play in. The hardest division. The hardest division. Um, I guess the AL East. It's close between the AL East and the NL West. Those are the two best divisions, baseball hands down. Adam, we we gotta wrap it up, brother. We we. we, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I would love to talk about baseball because it's so interesting. Like these these because these final couple series. This this is why I live for, guys. You guys know how much I love baseball. Down the stretch, playoffs, playoff spots on the line. This is why I live for. This for the is the record, type of baseball that I live for. Baseball. This is the type of baseball that I live for. But I mean, I mean, yes, I mean, Chris. I mean, aside from Chris, Chris, like, um, with his Royals, I mean, Chris could not be more disinterested. <laughs> I mean, it's all good. We've had we've had some exciting stuff this season. We have a decent core to go forward with and we'll see how this off season goes, but yeah. And you, um, won a championship like five, six years ago. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, good. Yeah. So, Chris, so, so good Chris can, no, 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 yeah, I got it. I got it. Chris can observe this as a Houston Astros hater. That's his role here. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good all with right. That. They're, they're not winning. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one thing we all can agree. We'll all be fine at the end of the season as long as Houston doesn't win. Okay. At the end, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> but guys, Alex, go ahead really quickly. Then we gotta get okay. the mic's out take. Chris, at least you have your Chiefs to watch. Yeah. We oh, are. we're gonna. <laughs> we gonna get some aside from uh, this past Sunday night game. Oh, oh, just wait until oh, uh, two games. Chris, two we, games. Were, we, were cons- we, we were watching that game. We were concerned for you. I was good. Yeah, I think the I'm, reason not, I'm not worried. The yeah. was because the, the Chiefs lost. That's the real oh, reason. It wasn't was just the fact that Chiefs lost. Head. It's how they lost. That was a heartbreaker. Yeah, how y'all lost at home? Not even so- that bad. I'm have sorry. Watched, have you watched Chiefs football fast? That wasn't even bad. Okay. It was heartbreaking. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, guys. But we gotta move on to 
the segment of the show that I gotta bring this out as a reference that is like a Nintendo Direct where there's a bunch of where Nintendo drops a bunch of cool banners and a bunch of new games. There was a Nintendo Direct recently today and it was um, this past um, Thursday and it was so awesome. I have so much fun watching it with my girlfriend, but that's beside the point. Mike's hot take. Mike Connie, I'll take it away. For the record, I'm more of a PlayStation man. Let's get straight. I love PlayStation too. I'm a Nintendo and PlayStation guy. I love both. Let me put my hat on. Let me let me get ghetto. Let me let me get let me get grind. Let me get my mug in, right? Hold up. Now I feel like all right. Let me get my hot take is today. I, I have a two-parter. It goes connection. I I think the Cowboys are like the NBA version of the Lakers. Here's why, because a lot of people hate them. A lot of people hate them. <laughs> a lot of teams hate them. <laughs> He's really getting upset. Like, You're not wrong. Just continue. Because <laughs> a lot of teams hate them in the NBA. For example, you have Ezekiel. You have LeBron James, who's on the Lakers, and a lot of people hate LeBron as an as an NBA player. However, you have Jerry Jones, who's the most hated owner. In the NFL, and also you have, you also have Ezekiel Elliott, who's the most hated player in the NFL besides Brady. Yo, Chris, you know that's true. It's absolutely not, but I'll let you finish. No, not, I just want to see. I just want to screw Adam. Adam, you can come back now. He doesn't say be right back. Wasn't even that bad of a take. I kind of agree with you. I don't know. Where the hell did he go? That, I don't think it's a bad take. You just misinterpreted where you're going? Yeah, you misinterpreted where I was going? <laughs> you misinterpreted what I was saying, Adam? You're not going to well, talk? The, 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 you said the Cowboys are um, the Lakers of... Because a lot of people hate them as a team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I hear you. I hear you. You, left before you, got you, you, you almost got me there. You almost got me there because I'm thinking like um, the Cowboys or the Lakers are, are like um as good as the Lakers are in the. Uh, you you got up, I knew you were were laughing. <laughs> were you laughing when I said that? Yes, I was. I, <laughs> I I was ready. I was ready to pull out my rant voice there for a second. I was ready to do it. <laughs> But you got me there, Michael. But I, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, because here's the thing: LeBron James was probably the most loved but hated player in the NBA. And honestly, for me, I love both teams. You know, I'm a Laker and Knicks fan, and for football, I'm a Jets and and Cowboy fan. But however, for the record, um, Michael is um not a bandwagon fan. I'm actually not a bandwagon fan. I've been a Laker fan since 2000 because my all-time favorite player. Everybody knows me. It's Kobe Bryant. My favorite Nick player of all time is Marcus Camby. And if you don't believe me, look at all my pictures. And my room is blue and blue and orange, and half liquor and gold, gold and and, and purple. But that's not the point. But I'm saying, for everyone knows me, it doesn't take if Alex can vouch for me. I've been a Cowboy fan and Jeff fan all my life. The point is, the Lakers who I think are going to have a good season this year, boys. I'm going to go to Laker country. Lakers are going to have a good year. 
you have the best player in the game today in the last decade is LeBron. Mm -hmm. Since he'd been in the league, he was one of the top 10 players of the league when he first came into the league his rookie year. There's only five players, in my opinion, to change the game. Will Chamberlain, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Steph Curry. Five of the players to change the game. No, I'll say seven. I'll add Bird and Magic. Here's why I say Will. Will was averaging a only played ever only played average hundred points in an NBA, NBA game. I'll say Jordan. Jordan who was six six in the league, and there was a center league when Jordan came in the league. There are a few guards, a few forwards that are diamond, but Jordan. Hey, I saw. I have a post. I post this on my Instagram followers. Get your game on crew. Money twenty three Mike at money twenty three Mike on Instagram. Michael Jordan is probably the greatest champion athlete. Six-time NBA champion, one-time college champion, four-time FBI champion, and two-time uh, Olympic. So he's 11-0 and 0 in championship. I think not doing the math, but he's 11-0. and 11-0, boys. That's just, like, greatness. Yeah. Matt Johnson and Larry Bird, who was in the NBA, when the NBA was dying down to football and baseball, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saved the NBA. Everybody knows me. I'm the best. Besides Chris, Chris is a college basketball historian. I'm the NBA historian. I'm saying. And then you have Kobe Bryant, who there's there's no saying, there's no iron team. Kobe made it seem better. There's a quote I read by Kobe. The reason why I don't pass my teammates is I seen them practice. I seen them work in practice, and they didn't take it seriously. That's why I didn't pass them the ball in games. You guys, you guys heard that? It was, it was a quote, and I read it. Oh, I'm a diehard fan, and I believe. He's, I agree with Kobe. Why should I pass you the ball if you don't take practice seriously? Why am I going to pass you the ball? I'm going to pass it with Shaq. Or I pass, if me and Adam and Chris and Alex and myself are on the team, and I don't see you hustling in practice, and you screw it and want to get the ball in games, you got to earn the ball. You got to work it. You got to work in your crap. You're getting paid millions of dollars just to play. You practice effing up in practice and you're not winning games. Come on. You ain't getting the ball. I agree. And honestly, I I'll give you three keys why the Lakers may win the championship this year. When you uh, my before, three before, before you go that you said you said before about players that are changing the game. That, that that's the definition of players that change the game. Yeah, I feel and, like the only one that um mentioned that really quote unquote changed the game is Steph Curry because the, the NBA because he like really like because we're seeing right now with um you know big men taking threes and stuff and how important like the three point shots to come up. Steph Curry started that trend. He so, he so he was the one, he was the one that really changed really player that he, changed the game. He made players want to shoot threes all the time. Because the NBA, a dunk was the highlight of a game. Yeah. A crossover yeah. dunk. Now you got Curry that can shoot anywhere in the court. Yeah, that's and what I meant about how Curry changed the game. And Michael Jordan, I also feel, is a player that changed the game. Because that was when, um, I believe, Michael, you're the best of stories, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe that's when dunking became a big deal. Like, really dunking big. Or dunking was before Jordan because you had Julius. It was, before, it was before Jordan, but Jordan, I feel like, took it to another level. Honestly, the best dunker I gotta say is between Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, and I'm gonna go with Julius Irving and Vince Carter. 
Because back in the oh, day, Vince Carter definitely. My, here's why: my dad saw Julius Irving play when my dad was living in DC when they were known as the Washington Bullets against the Sixers back in the day. But Julia, they said the doctor was known for dunking. And I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask Christian Alex, and I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap you and ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you guys something. Yo, Chris, Alex, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, who? You, which players you think changed the game? You heard my list. Who do you think changed the game of basketball? Alex, you give me one. Adam, you give me one. I uh, I think it's it has to be Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant changed the game, in your opinion. Chris, you got it. Could be college players too. You think? It's fine because the main the main ones you kind of already discussed because. I think he didn't go in depth, but I think Magic Johnson really changed the game as well. Did you have six nine point? Yeah, six nine point guard, like the big playmakers. Really, I think he was kind of the first one with that. And we see you see a lot of guys like that today. You know, I believe also who changed the game that they give no credit to is Jason White, Chocolate Williams. Yeah, we played for Adam, I don't think you. I don't think you're too. You're you're a little young. You may not remember him. Jason Williams, who was known as White Chocolate, was known as the guy that started pace and space, pace and space, that offense with Sacramento. He was one that was doing elbow passes, fancy passes. He he made a game between being a great passer and a willing passer. That's the difference from a good passer to a great passer. There's great passers that only pass when they want to, when they need to. Passers that want to, that they want to pass. That's the difference, that they wanted to. And Jason Williams needed to pass the ball to get his team in championships. He knew I could average 10 points and I give you eight or nine, 10 or 11 assists per game. I'm going to ask you guys, and I'm going to say how the Lakers score in the championship this year. I'm going to say the three keys. It's going to be in my hot seat. The Lakers, honestly, I'm a big Laker fan. I think the Lakers, this is their rebound. This is their good year. Because I, I think after this year, if the Lakers win, LeBron may be retiring after this year. He may he wants to play with his sons, but he has nothing left to prove in the NBA. He I did, don't he think won, so. He won every award. He won. I don't think there's nothing left for him to prove. I feel NBA. like I feel like when asking when LeBron James is gonna retire, it's like asking when Tom Brady's gonna retire. LeBron no knows. Kids, don't get me wrong. But I say Carmelo's gonna retire. Oh, Carmelo, but, I could give you. Carmelo, no, I could this give one, you. I could see his team last year. I could, I could see, I could see Carmelo. He, I here's the thing. Le, C- Carmelo said this before when he played with the Knicks. I want to play with LeBron James before I retire. Oh, definitely. each other since they were 16 years old at Adidas camp. Have you ever heard of Lenny Cook? He was the only player that was ever better than LeBron James. They made a documentary about him to all you basketball viewers. Look up Lenny Cook. He was the only player to be better than LeBron. He's from New Jersey. He's from Brooklyn. He moved to New Jersey, dominated, didn't play high school, play high school ball, only played out of LeBron in the state. So technically, he was then LeBron just became the king of the world. To wrap my point, you have Anthony Davis, who is probably the best big man if he's healthy. I think Anthony Davis is better than Embiid if he can stay healthy. And that's a fact. And Alex knows I'm biased. Alex is biased towards AD, not towards Embiid. 
But I'm going to ask Adam, who do you think is a better player, Embiid or Davis? I'd say Davis. Chris? Anthony Davis, 100%, but he that's, he has to play center. He has to, be, uh, if he, he has to be a center in the class. We'll get more into that for the NBA TV, but he's got uh, a man up and play center. I, I'm very outspoken about or, that. Or Joel Embiid. I, I know who Alex is. Alex, don't be, don't be biased. Don't be a biased fan. Be a real basketball fan. Who's better, Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid? Uh, I would have to go with the AD. Good. All right. I was asking Alex as a basketball fan, not as a Sixer fan. Yeah. I mean, Alex, if you guys said it, I might have had to um, get you I think it's absolutely weed. debatable. I wanted to been. All right. But so that's what, that beat, I want to be like that. Man, we got a good. All right, Adam. That's that your hot take? Yes, sir. All right. Michael, when you. When you first started that hot take, that was I was thinking this is gonna be an instant deny. I was I, I when you first started, I was so ready to to say deny, but you know what? Now you clarified it, Michael. I approve. Yeah, it was a it was a good hot take. I like it, Alex. Uh, yeah, I approve. Okay. Why do you so... gotta approve a nigga's hot take? That's all I mean. <laughs> Okay, so I think he's had like what form was that was I think he's what 39 and 43 49. Oh, I, I think he's had like what misses. three or four misses. I, I, I'm not sure. not sure. I'll have to go back and check, but I believe he has at least either 39 out of 43 or 40 out of 43. But still, Michael, excellent hot take. I'm the go, Great baby. Oh, I want to have a shout out real quick for football team. We're going to beat Willie Patterson homecoming weekend, October 2nd, Alex. That's all I got to say. Go Lions. That's all I got to say. My fault. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I'm not, and I'm going to make a bet on October 2nd, October on our show. Next time episode, I'm going with the TCNJ Lions. I know they're not in the spread, but screw it. That's my, that's my okay. bet for next week. That is my bet. All right, M- Michael, we'll we'll see if we can um make some arrangements. <laughs> we can we'll, we'll we see. can figure out a odds we, we can we can, we can we'll, we'll figure we can out make up our own odds. That would be equivalent. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I do know that Jack pretty well because I'm Mark State alum and like okay. and covering the Jack. So I know I know um the Jack pretty well. So I could make up something. Alex, what do you say, buddy? You want Baron TCNJ for homecoming? <laughs> uh, not if. After this weekend, they are 0-3. Oh, my bad. But you know me. We never lose homecoming games. But that's the only game we win. <laughs> oh, Michael. Michael. I'll just go how Michael State's doing. Hold on. Guess who they play for homecoming. Who? William Patterson. That's an easy win. <laughs> uh, Michael State's 0-3 as well. I may not be at homecoming this year because I'm gonna be in Aruba. So yeah, both our football team, our college football teams aren't doing too good. Shout out to Democracy State, by the way, and TCNJ. TCNJ, the home of Michael Cunningham. And Mucker State, the home of Agrasani. So guys, um, we gotta move on to um guys. This Thursday football game intrigued me in more ways than one. 
because it was a the the Carolina Panthers uh, took down the Houston Texans twenty four to nine. I mean, we all know, I think we all can agree that that previous Houston win, like again that that Houston's first win, um, was kind of fluky, and that they're not going to be a good team this year. So, Carolina Panthers they took care of business, and they are now three and zero on the season. And I hear the thing about Houston about uh the Camp Panthers they played shitty teams. Sure, sure. I mean, I mean the I mean the Saints aren't really a shitty team. I would say they played the Jets, they played, they played the, and they played the Texans. They're all shitty. And I'm a Jet. The Saints, the Saints, the Saints aren't the Saints are not a shitty team. They're shitty this year. They're not going to be shitty this year. Adam. They, they 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 might not be a playoff team. I'd be shocked if they don't finish with um at least uh, like nine wins. They or something. have Jameis Winston as their quarterback. And Jameis Winston's actually like um not doing too bad. Mike, let him finish his brief real quick, and then we'll get into it. What? Okay, Mike, go. let him finish his point. Okay. Okay, but but yeah, this game this is, this game intrigues intrigues you to see like the Panthers get off to um. This is our sorry, and a big reason why is we've talked about it before on this show. That is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold like performed really, in my opinion, like had a really great game. Like I mean, I mean, besides uh, the stat sheet, like is that he had two rushing touchdowns. He was over three hundred yards, twenty three out of thirty. I think which out of thirty four attempts, like. That that like obviously statistics side. I think the real thing that's out to me about Sam Donald is what happened after um that that big injury to uh Christian McCaffrey. Cause like that because calling after that injury, that's a, that's I thought to myself that's gonna be a big blow for um uh, Carolina because Christian McCaffrey is a big part of, of that offense because the way you can run the ball, it, it opens up so many play action opportunities for, for Mr. Sam and. So I'm thinking to myself, how is Sam gonna respond to um losing a big weapon like that? How is Sam am gonna respond onto that? And you know what? He kind of struggled a little bit at first, but eventually he got going and he, and he like make he made some really like he made some really nice throws. I don't know if you guys saw this one throw where where like he was where he was about to get hit and he just Threw a laser right to um, I, who was it? I, f- I forget to uh, who it was, but um, but the guy made like a really nice catch. That 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 was a really nice play. Still, he also made another one where he was on the right, he put the ball into a really like nice tight to a really tight window. That's what I always said before. That's what my and franchise quarterbacks do. That's what franchise quarterbacks do when um things th- like, for example. And uh, any quarterback could get put into a perfect situation and um and do well. No, a perfect example, Jared Goff. When Jared Goff had everything working around him, like he was able to take advantage of it, and he looked like a really good quarterback. But then, when things started to not go right around him, he wasn't he like he's just not good enough to be able to make up for the deficiencies around his team. With Christian McCaffrey, like when um. When Christian Catherine went down, like you figured this is gonna be a big blow for um the Carolina's office. But you know what? Sam Darnold was able to you to make up for all that loss and make up for uh or that the that that the fish the offense and he had and 
excellent game. Now, now granted, um, Hubbard had a really did fill in nicely for McCaffrey, so you gotta give him credit. But it just it's just shows, guys, that um, for all the problems that the Jets have had over the past couple of years, I think I think it's safe to say now that Sam Dodd was not the problem in New York. Now, is Sam Dodd going to go on to become, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Dak Prescott? You know, I don't think so. I don't tell, but I, I don't think so. But is he more than capable of becoming the, of being like a really, really good quarterback or a great quarterback in this league? I, I think I definitely think so. I, th- I think like it's I think it was unfair for so many people to um write him off. They saw how he performed the Jets because we all can agree that um. The situations that the Jets put him in was uh, like a complete disaster that no real quarterback can realistically like succeed in. I de- definitely agree with that, but it's still, it's still, I think it's still too early to really judge too much. He, I mean, he's obviously looked really good, but and with Mc, when you mentioned after McCaffrey went out, like the way he performed after that was very impressive. I think he looked, he's been really good in the first three games. And like Mike mentioned, and I think, I mean, it's very true, but you can only beat who's in front of you. You you don't worry about it. They got, I mean, they beat the Saints, and that's a good win. That doesn't matter. You just you just take care of business against who you got. They're three and know, and they're just going to keep rolling with it. But, I mean, yeah, like, it didn't, didn't go well with the Jets, but maybe, maybe he could have done some things differently. But, I mean, he's, He's obviously shown some good things for Carolina. Now, that was a weird trade to me when it happened, but glad to see it seemed it seemed like a good fit. But I think another aspect is this this Panthers the Panthers offense is honestly it's really good. That that wasn't an issue for them last season, and I feel like it hasn't really. I mean, a couple years. I mean, after Cam, they kind of struggled on that side of the ball, but they have a lot of good weapons. Yeah. on not often. Um, more. And, DJ Moore is a stud. DJ Moore, um, I mean, I'm I need to who, who, I look into it a little bit more. But um, Robbie Anderson, Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson has not been a factor, and I don't I don't know enough about that aspect because um, they had he played for Matt Rule in college, so seeing him not get utilized as much um, is a little bit I odd thought, to me. Yeah, yeah. I- I, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if you noticed anything tonight, but uh, he wasn't really targeted. Uh, yeah, I. Could, That's something yeah, I'm going to watch going forward the next couple reception. weeks. Yeah, but he had more I could have swore watched that game that he had more. I have no yeah. idea why. Like, I don't. It's still too early, but just surprised me a little bit that I mean, DJ Moore is a stud, so oh, definitely. Him and Darnold being connected, it's. <laughs> It's all good, but team. I'm sure him and Robbie will get going too. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's a really good player, and they value him, especially especially if McCaffrey's out for a couple weeks or whatever. They'll need to get someone else besides DJ Moore, and they kind of got that a little bit. They kind of mix it around tonight, but they'll they'll forget Robbie Anderson. And even besides Anderson, they have a lot of decent weapons yeah. to really go with the depth of that receiving core. So I mean, even like with last year, Teddy Bridgewater the offense was was good. And so I'm just excited to see Donald in this offense. Yeah, play. and similar to how like how we've always like shit on Adam Gates for how like he like basically like we all thought ruined Sandro's career. You've got to give uh, Matt Rule a lot of credit. 
for for like um for like um because you gotta give Matt Rule a lot of credit for um helping build um this offense and this um and and like for um building this culture you know and building like uh the system that we can all see that Sam Donald's clearly thriving in. You gotta give uh, Matt Rule a lot of credit. Yeah, I definitely agree. He a lot of people question the hire. When the Panthers hired him, I think this, I, I don't know. Is this year three? You, you, you know, you know. I, I don't know if you know, Chris. I wanted the Giants to hire Matt Rule back he in like, twenty twenty. Okay. He okay. was I, he was my I, top I choice. Love, I love Matt Rule. The job he did at Temple was fantastic, and he turned that at Baylor. I think he was only a Baylor year or two, but the job he did at Baylor, he took them to the Big Twelve title game, I believe, and I think they beat. I might be remembering wrong, but I believe they won uh, New Year's Six Bowl. For some reason, I'm thinking they beat Georgia, but I may be incorrect. But he he took that team. I mean, Baylor's had some really good years in football, but like he quickly turned them into a college football playoff contender. Yeah, and the Panthers took notice. And before um uh, like um uh, Matt Rule, the only thing I knew about Baylor football was RG three. That was RG3, it. Like, they were. Like Baylor's had some Baylor's a solid football program, but like Matt Rule really took them to he really, he really took that program to another level. He really got him. Yeah. They were they were big time. Like they've had a couple of years. And that's where, and that's why I really want Matt Rule. He's like a big program uh, builder. Was, like he's really he's really I found out like he's really into like sports science and like the new like technology and like really like um like the new technology to help, you know, train and develop players. He's like into that, I, and that's one of the reasons why I really wanted um him on the Giants, and I wanted to um talk about um what like this Carolina Panthers and I was talking to a great side. I want to talk um a little bit as it relates to uh the two New York football teams, because the two New York football teams has not been a good um decade for really New York football. Let's be honest. Since um the Giants winning um that past Super Bowl and they just making the past a couple of times, like. New York City football has just not been fun. It's just not been. It's just not been fun. I feel like when you look at um uh, Matt Rule and Sam Darnold um right now, I I really I feel like if you see what they're doing. I think it's really a perfect example of why the Giants and Jets are in a situation there. Because guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, both the Giants and the Jets could have had like um something similar to what's happening in Carolina right now. Because Let's, let's start with um, the, the Giants. In 2018, they had the second overall pick, and Sam Darnold was there. They passed, and they uh, chose uh, Saquon, and they chose uh, Saquon Barkley. And I've said before, I always thought that taking Saquon Barkley was what, what was a mistake. I feel like it was either take a quarterback or trade back in that in, um, in that pick, but that's a different story for a different day. And I believe also in 2020. They were they were in the running for Matt Rule. They, they, like that was a legitimate target for um for them to be their head coach today. I know too much about twenty eighteen. I don't know. I don't think Matt Rule was really looking for. I don't, an NFL I don't job think he yet. was. I don't think he was on NFL radio yet. It, it, it wasn't on really on the NFL teams right until I believe twenty nineteen. Really. Yeah. So so I so I can't really get on them there. But in no. twenty twenty, like they could have had like like Matt Rule and and oh they if. They just simply like made like um good hires like who knows the Giants could be like 
in like in a situation where they have I don't know Josh Allen and or Sam Darnold and and Matt Rule as um uh, and Matt Rule and they could and they could be like in a situation like that the Carolina Panthers are right now. Same thing with the New York Jets. They originally drafted them. Sam Darnold in uh, 20, uh, 2018, and then obviously after that they fired um I forget um, his name is slipping my mind. Who was Adam the Jets? Gaze. No, no, before Adam Gase. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. Oh yeah, Bowles. Yeah, Todd Bowles. Like they Bowles. fired. They fired Todd Bowles, and in twenty nineteen they were also I believe um Matt Rule is also a name that there were there was a lot of interest from the Jets and Matt Rule. Guess what happened? They hired Adam Yates. So it just shows like how these decisions, like and how both New York football teams have just have just gotten it wrong over the years. If he, it's, it's just, it's just if if they, if those, if the, it's both New York football teams should look at what's going on with Carolina right now and, and thinking like and thinking like this could have been us and that and hopefully it'll help like both New York football programs like really like um. Get their you know what together going forward because oh, quite frankly I I am sick and tired of of football and the sound being like boring and having both teams think every year. I agree, but I will say it also is a lot more than just the head coach hire that we're yeah, I, 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 I agree, I agree, and I, I think agree. A, a big reason Will went to Carolina that was a that's a near perfect situation for a first time NFL coach that they. Put at a good football roster, like they're still like, and he still has to continue to build on that. Like they had a lot of talent on that football team, and allowed, and but it still allowed him the flexibility to build it the way he wanted. Yeah, yeah, and also I also feel like drafting is a big part of it too. Like, um, like, but uh, because the Giants roster, because obviously the Giants and Jets rosters like weren't as good as like um, um, when the uh, but but still like um. If they had just like, it, you have to think like if they had like if either the Giants or Jets had went down that ra- that round and they, I, I went down that round and they like um started drafting better and they actually started like um like make making better hires like like they they could be like where um like the Carolina Panthers are right now it it gets to a point like where I made last episode and, like this goes for both. Dave Gilman and Jet O'Douglas. Eventually, your team has discussed has got to start winning some games. Eventually, like the like your team has to start like for you to keep your job. Like you eventually have to start winning games. This goes more for Dave Gilman than Joe Douglas. So Joe Douglas, I am willing to give a bit of leeway because he was stuck to NBA's for so many years. But but for Dave Gilman and the Giants, they need to start winning. They need to start winning some games because at some point, like you. You can't use the um. You can only use the rebuilding excuse for so long because, again, I said for I am just. I feel like it's just me venting because I'm just so sick and tired of, of both of both New York football. I mean, more so the Giants because I'm a Giants fan, but still for New York sports fans in general, both football teams in there in the in in New York City because I know if I don't say that, Buffalo Bills fans are gonna start ragging at me because they are technically a New York football team. So I want to make sure I say that specifically, but, but, st- but still, you know, you know, what I mean? I'm tired of both. Um, I feel like I'm making sure cause I'm tired of both the, um, the Giants is just sucking. Michael, I'm sure you can agree with uh, a lot of what I'm saying. 100% brethren. 
But yeah, guys, before we get to our bets, we have Chris, Alex, Michael, I'm going to give you the floor. I mean, mostly Chris, I'm going to give you the floor. We haven't talked college football in a while. So I want to talk to you guys, talk to Chris specifically. Those are some tough losses for both Ohio State and Clemson. Definitely. Um, I mean, Clemson hasn't looked good. They barely beat Georgia Tech, but I mean, Clemson's still in the spot. Just went out, make the playoffs, and gets well with it. I'm, I'm not too concerned about them. I mean, obviously, they have to play a lot better, but um, as long as they win games, they'll make the playoffs just because they're Clemson and a one-loss ACC trample game. So, I'm not, I'm not too concerned yet. Obviously, not play well against Georgia Tech this week is not good at all. But that the week one game which against Georgia was one that Georgia needed much more to make the playoffs, just by the way scheduling worked out. Because two lost teams aren't getting in unless a lot happens. So, and Georgia has a much, t- much tougher schedule. So that's one they needed a lot more. And it was, it was just a weird game. Both defenses were fantastic. It's just Georgia had a defensive touchdown. That was the difference. So nothing crazy there. Clemson's offense has to get a lot better, and I think they will. But, I mean, winning out is going to be tough for them, but I think they'll get a lot better. But, yeah, I mean, no, nobody's looked too great. Ohio State getting – they got – they lost. I mean, they made it kind of close, but they didn't – they kind of – they got outplayed pretty handily by Oregon. They kind of made it a game late and only lost by touchdown. But Oregon – Oregon looked really good. Now, Ohio State just hasn't looked good. They didn't look good the week after either. They struggled against – who was it? I believe, yeah, it was Tulsa. They did not play well against Tulsa either. Ohio State has not looked good at all. And uh, it's very concerning. CJ Stroud, there's some question marks around how he's played. And I just don't – I don't see Ohio State – a lot of people thought they were locked to make the playoffs. And I, I don't see them going undefeated in the Big Ten schedule. I mean, a lot can change. Obviously, they're kind yeah. of similar spot to Clemson. But I would say the big. Well, I think big of the two of, I think of Clemson and Ohio State. I think I am more concerned about Ohio State. I agree. They both always have to play a lot better, but Ohio State's schedule is tougher, and they lose. They they seem to always. I mean, the road games in the Big Ten are tougher than the ACC yeah. road games, which is why I'm more concerned. Because I think, I mean, Clemson will be in some ugly games, and it's not going to look pretty. Like, they won by six against Georgia Tech at home. I mean, you never want to be in those kind of games, but they should be able to win those ugly games while they try and figure it out offensively. I think Clemson should. But Ohio State, on the other hand, they're going to have to get a lot better. But, like, on the flip side of that, no, none of these top teams have looked good. Like, the top favorites, I mean, besides Alabama, obviously, but Alabama is the best team by far. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely. Impressive. Florida impressed me, though, and they deserve a lot of credit. All right. I also wanted to put you on a spot here. They're currently ranked number two in the, in the country. Do you think Georgia's making the playoffs? I will say yes, they will. Really? Yes. Two SEC teams should get in. It would be a lot of surprise if two SEC teams do not get in. And I do envision Georgia um, winning out in the regular season. It's tough, though. Yeah. 
I don't know. I do. I do think they. I think they do though. It'll be Michael, interesting, but I think I think they do. Michael, you have any college football thoughts? You probably disagree with me. Oh, I, I think Georgia gets it done. Honestly, can't bet against Saban. I mean, Alabama's winning the title. We don't need to discuss that. Yeah, discussing who's going to play them. You just can't bet against Alabama, and I hate. I'm like the. Here's the We're thing: the, about the other I three spots, right? Saban. I hate Nick Saban. I hate Skip Bayless. Um, you hate Tom and, Brady, and I hate Tom Brady. I don't know in what order. <laughs> I don't I mean, know what order. Yeah, I, I can't stand Nick Saban. Okay, <laughs> I wish death on Nick Saban. I wish he falls in, in the tomb somewhere. All right, not all right. Speaking of more college football, Alex, my friend, Penn State three and zero. going to be a very interesting matchup on Saturday against 3-0 Villanova. Oh, and, yeah. So, against Villanova, yeah. Yeah. Both 3-0. I think Penn State, Penn State is going to come come with a victory by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Penn State's really, Penn State's be gonna be really good. Penn State's, Penn State's looking good. Yeah, yeah. I would be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was to say Penn State could, could contend for a playoff spot, but I don't know. I think they have a so, shot. They, they're currently they're currently ranked six, I believe. Yeah, a, so they, they have AP polls completely they, different though. Yeah, they. So they they I think they have an outside shot. I mean. And also, we gotta give New Jersey love. Rutgers is three and zero. I mean, I mean, and they and they've looked good. I mean, Vidriol's yeah. looked good. I mean, as I mean, and they currently and they're currently playing Michigan. Um, this upcoming game, so this uh, this upcoming week against Michigan, so you figured that would be a loss, but guys, Overrated I was Michigan I was on the road. Yeah, it, they're playing. It'll Michigan. be tough, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Here's the thing, guys. I was I was thinking about this. Um, this is not going to be my bet, so you guys know. Rutgers is currently, the spread is currently, um, obviously, Michigan State, minus 20 and a half. I was thinking about picking Rutgers for that game. I could see them, co- I could see them covering that. I, 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 I could see – I, I, obviously, they're not going to, like, obviously, I don't expect them to beat, you know, the Michigans of the world, the Ohio State's of the world, but could they make a couple of those games competitive? I don't see why not. Chris, I got a question for you. Go for it. All right, make it quick, Alex, because we got to get to our bets. Okay. What uh, do you think of the SEC showdown at 3.30 this Saturday, Texas A&M against Arkansas? I, I think it's really interesting, I think, because a lot of people thought Texas A&M could be a playoff team. And they've – they, they, I mean, their defense is phenomenal. They've allowed 17 points in three games. And, I mean, Arkansas has been good too. They, I mean, 
they dominated Texas and they beat a couple other decent teams. But I, I think Texas A&M wins, and I th- their defense is legit. But I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup. But I do think Texas A&M wins that. Mm-hmm. I've only watched their games against Colorado, and it was ugly, but they were phenomenal. And their their defense is legit, and I really like, and I like their I like their backfield that they have. They have a lot of different different runners. Different running back that they like, and I like their quarterback play. Calveda, I believe the guy, and I—I I mean, the de- the defense has just been phenomenal, and I've now win you a lot of good games against decent football teams, and I, that's all I think Arkansas is right now. All right, guys, we gotta move on. We gotta wrap up the show, which how we always wrap up the show. Our bets of the episode to recap them. Um, Episode 42, um, my, I mean, I believe both you and I had the same bet, am I correct? We both had the Packers over the Lions on the spread, and you had Packers beat the Lions. They covered the spread, and we both had 9.62 points. I mean, so Chris, you bounced back, and guys, I snapped my five-bet losing streak. I'm finally back in the win column. Let's go. <laughs> tragic, tragic. Yeah, it's wonder why it's tragic, Michael. Why? Because you lost your bets. Yeah, you had the Phillies over the Orioles and Bryce Harper getting a hit in a singing parlay. But guess what? Orioles. That was the game that the or, or the we mentioned well that um the Orioles beat the Phillies in. So Michael, you take an L. Marcellus also took an L's. Oh, he had the Yankees over the Rangers on the spread. I think the Yankees won that game, but they did not cover the spread. So Marcellus takes an L. And Alex, my friend, you are also back in the win column. I believe you previously lost three straight, but you had the Yankees over not the Yankees. The Red Sox <laughs> over the Mets on the money line. You won the bet. You add 5.56 points. So you're back in the win column. Okay, to give you up the understandings, guys, we have a new ringleader that is Michael. This news is gonna impress you, but Chris, my friend, you are back in first place, twenty-two and twenty record. That's where I belong. Two hundred eleven point six points. Daddy's coming back on the throne. No, you're not. Daddy is big. Daddy's coming back. Title. <laughs> Daddy's coming home to Goldie. Daddy's going to war. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Michael, you're in second place, 23 and 19 record, 207.91 points. I remain in third place, 18 21 record, 189.66 points. Marcellus is in fourth place, 23 and 19 record, 158 points. And Alex is obviously, as usual, in the last place, 15 and 27 record, 101.61 points. Alex, my friend. You finally broke 100 points. How many points he has, Adam? 101.61. He finally broke 100. Alex. It it took him 42 episodes to do it, but you know what? Alex Reach, you have broken 100 points. I'll give Alex credit. He takes risky bets. That's why he's in last place. All right, All right guys. All right. We do have Marcellus's bet. Like, obviously, Marcellus couldn't join us for stuff, but we do have his bet. He's taking Arizona on um, the shred. So that's Marcellus's bet. And 
I'm going to go first here, guys, as usual. And this is a bet that um, should make Chris very happy because this past um, Sunday Night Football was a rough one for um, the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a heartbreaker. Again, Chris, I feel you on that one. That must have been rough. But it was a heartbreaking loss for um, the um, Kansas City Chiefs. And, but now this upcoming week, they are against uh, the San Diego Chargers at home. And the, the spread right now is, I believe, six and a half. Honestly, guys, I think that spreads all. Yes, because San Diego, I think they're um, a decent team. But I don't think that – but when I look at the two – Kansas City is just clearly the better team, and and when you consider like um like how bad of a loss that was, I think they're gonna be motivated. They're gonna be back at home, so I think Kansas City is easy gonna. I guess easy to see Kansas City um winning this game by a touchdown. So I'm gonna go ahead and take uh the Chiefs over the Chargers on the spread six and a half. Chris, uh, you're up. Uh, Alex, 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 you go. Then Chris will go, and then My- Michael, you go. Alex, go ahead. Uh, I am going to take Stanford over UCLA. UCLA. Spread the money line. Money line. Stanford Stanford beating UCLA, right? Yep. Okay, gotcha. All right, Chris, you're up. You can go ahead if you'd like. No, no, I'm going last. I got to go last. Um, I wanted to bet on my Chiefs, but I, I, that's a big spread, and I'm staying away from that personally. I love Adam picking that, picking my squad to cover, but that's a lot of points against a really good Chargers team, so I'm sticking away from that. But I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers covering the spread against the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, what's the spread on that? I see minus three right now. Wow, my yeah, that that's yeah. a. I um, mean, it's pretty much even. It's just their home. All right, I love I love that spread. Oh yeah, that's. A, I mean, I'll double check, but if that's true, yeah, that's a really that's juicy. That's surprising. All, all right, Michael, last up, go ahead. Are you serious, everybody? I think everybody and their mother know who I'm thinking out of. It doesn't take rocket science. I think he's going with the Eagles. Oh, you know, yeah, I was insane. You know what? There's no possible way. Where I'm, I'm Adam. You know who I'm picking, Adam. Adam. Yeah. Come on. You know who I'm going with. You're picking. Give, uh... give me a dub, there, go. We them boys. We at home, baby. We beating the Eagles. We going for it all. We are kicking the Philadelphia Eagles. Ass. <laughs> Let's go, Cowboys. All right. At home, money line. There's All no right, way. Yeah. All right, money we- line. Okay, I gotcha. Now, can you dig that? To answer your question, Cowboys for life, baby. There you go. Show the gold, baby. Show the gold. Here, I, I, I see, the, I see the vision, and I see the music. I Chris see pulling out a Des Bryant jersey on us. <laughs> Alex, I love you. You should have went head to head. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. 
Cowboy Nation. Beating Eagles. Alex. Alex, I, I Alex, are you enjoying this? I'm I'm sure you're not enjoying this right now. Hey, Alex, my friend. You wanna do our usual, usual bet, just like the old days in college? I got Eagles by seven. Alex, change your bet. Go head to head against me. You got nope. any balls. So, you are you want um uh, you want Alex to do, like, outside ball. um the, the show bet me, me Alex, 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 Alex Alex just we can go head to head next week. Me and you can. Nice little primary way. I don't think Alex has any balls left in his body, but it's okay. <laughs> I picked my bet. I I'll I'll lay a stamp right now. I picked my bet. It's over with. <laughs> next week yeah. is a new week. I'll I'll see you next week and see what you pick. I have a friend named River who's from New Jersey. He's a good friend of mine. We made a side bet. Cowboys win, he buys me dinner. Eagles win, I buy him dinner. So, River, if you're watching this, my brother, my Cowboys are about to whoop that Eagles ass and make them our bitch. Dak Prescott, MVP, baby. Let's get it. All right, Adam. All right, guys. That's all for this, and that's all for this episode. So, I mean, you guys have me. You I mean you guys have any thoughts? I mean, I mean, I said for our LB playoff race is heating up. I mean, football is back in full, full swing, and and guys, you know, um, NH hockey and basketball right around the corner. So. Exciting times, exciting times for this podcast. So, you guys have any final thoughts? Nope. All right. All right. That's it. This has been episode 43 of the Get Your Down Podcast with yours truly, Adam Rosani, Mike Cunningham, Ash and Chris Green. If you like what you heard, leave a like and follow or subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to join the conversation, drop a comment or review, and we may feature it in a future episode. Remember, my friends, those two dreams are just fancy. If you can match a world, believe in it, and dive in. See you next time, and until then, stay lit. And we're out.